Ottawa Wrestling fans, have you tried Brew Revolution yet? Come on, you need to patronize our sponsor. Brew Revolution has been making beer taste better since 2019. They are a craft brewery and beer hall in Stittsville, Ontario. 30 taps offering a huge variety of house-made beer plus numerous guest taps. They also offer cider, mead, wine, and craft soda. Add in delicious eclectic food and live entertainment, and you've got a little something for everyone. Check out the menu, pick something up curbside, and enjoy. Follow them on Twitter at BrewRevOt. Visit their website at www.brewrevolution.ca or stop in 6081 Hazeldean Road in Stittsville, Ontario. All right, um, Young Jay Lee, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me on. I'm doing wonderfully. Um, this is a getting to know you. Uh, I had the opportunity. I wasn't there live. Ryan was. Uh, I got a chance to see Fighting Back 10. And dude, I'm not blowing any smoke. I was very, very impressed with you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, it felt good to make my C4 debut and just the re- week prior was the first time I ever wrestled in Canada to begin with. So, and where was that? Uh, Barry wrestling. Oh, okay, cool. That's more my neck of the woods. Cause Ryan's yeah, I, Ryan's actually still in the Ottawa area and I'm in Southern Ontario. So that's kind of more my, my, my awesome. neck of the woods before we get into the wrestling, before we hit record, you, you brought up that you're adopted and let's not just glaze over that. Um, you, you are adopted. Um, how old were you when you got adopted? So I was adopted when I was only eight months old. So I was, I was a baby. Um, and I'm adopted from South Korea and I was brought into an all white family. And honestly, it kind of worked out because my older brother of my adopted family, um, was a huge wrestling fan. And that's kind of how it all started for me. Ever since I was a baby, first thing, whenever I came to America, wrestling was always on the TV. So now, um, I don't, I don't want to get too deep and, and I've already told you that if we get into something, just tell me to move on. But do you know the circumstances? It always, it always intrigues me, the circumstances between people being adopted. Do you know the circumstances around you, you know, your family? I I hate using the term gave you up, but that your adoption, do you happen to, do you know the circumstances behind it? I do. So uh, my birth mother was a single mother. And I guess at the time, I'm not sure if it's still like that now, but it's kind of shameful to be a single mother in Korea. Um, And so then I was in a foster home when I was a baby for a few months, and then I was able to be adopted. So. So were you adopted from South Korea to here, or did you actually come here and get adopted? I, I was adopted from South Korea right to America. Okay. And I would was be... Buffalo rem- your first home in the States? Or have you been around? 
that's another thing we can talk about. I'm technically <laughs> not from Buffalo. Oh, goodness. Oh. Okay. The myth is ruined. <laughs> okay. But, yeah. So first of all, uh, I haven't got to say thank you for joining us yet. So thank you for joining us. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got <laughs> Matt's, off onto this Matt's whole very thing. interested in the, the background and your life as a baby. <laughs> it must be all the, the baby talk we had before uh, we started recording today with my little one being on the floor here mm -hmm. uh, next to me as I try and rock her to sleep. Um, so yeah, I, I, not to get off track, Matt, and we'll circle back to that in a second if you want. But yeah, I was curious, just like if you, your your parents, your your adopted parents, uh, are, are from that area or not, because it certainly uh, is interesting to see how like a, a set of parents from Buffalo end up adopting a, a uh, South Korean baby. Right, but you're not uh, from Buffalo, so how? So where are you from? Uh, I'm actually from Albany, New York, which is about four hours away from Buffalo. Um, okay. still New York. Uh, and I'm not entirely sure why my parents decided to choose to adopt from South Korea, but, um, it was awesome. And I will tell you my connection to Buffalo though, and how I started to train in Buffalo was I simply went to college around that area. So, okay. um, and because I trained there and because I've got so much pride uh, from being from Grapplers Anonymous with Daniel Garcia, Kevin Blackwood, Puff, Kevin Bennett, etc. Um, I choose to come out to the ring being from Buffalo. So, so I'm, I'm curious, were you forced to grow up a Sabres or Bills fan? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it's funny. My, my parents uh, are actually like, or were like Jets and Giants fans rather than Bills. So oh the, yeah, so they they went uh, east as opposed to west for their fandom. Yeah. And though they cool. don't even play in the state of New York. <laughs> um, you mentioned uh, college. What what did you go to school for? Uh, I went to school for communication, okay. um, and then I ended up picking up a second major um, in philosophy. Uh, kind of two separate fields but both piqued my interest communication you know i think a lot of that stuff that you learn you can apply to wrestling in certain ways and then philosophy is just cool so it is actually uh, i tried my hand at it and uh just circumstances made it that i had to to get out of it but yeah i i it's something that i actually want to go back and actually do again because i absolutely loved it um, to kind of back up a little bit and to get uh, just a little bit more of the, the, the baseline on you, um, mom and dad, what do, what do they do for a living or what did they do? Uh, so my dad works at a hotel. He's the director of sales. Um, and my mom, she doesn't work. Uh, she actually stopped working when she adopted me. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so uh, up until that point, she was a nurse, but then, um, and I've got two older siblings, so she was working throughout, like, their upbringing and everything, but then once I was brought over, she stopped working and just kind of became, became like, a, a, a stay-at-home mom, so. Okay, and does that bring a little jealousy from the siblings, just like, why'd you stay home with him? No, not at all, actually. No. <laughs> not that they told you to your face. <laughs> yeah, I, I, they definitely did not tell tell it to me to my face. But 
they're actually so much older than me. My my sister is 12 years older than me and my brother's 15 years older than me. Oh, okay. uh, that they're kind of like a second set of parents to me. So Okay, and that's built-in babysitters right there. Yes. Yeah. It was. <laughs> All right. Any other background you want to get to, Ryan, or we're going to get to the wrestling? Well, I mean, one of them was a wrestling fan, right? So is that how they babysat you? They slapped uh, Monday Night Raw or WCW Nitro on TV? Pretty much, yeah. Uh, actually, almost every single Monday, my entire family would uh, get together and watch wrestling. Um, and wait, are you guys frozen? No. Nope. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> we just sit really We're still. captivated <laughs> on the edge of our seats. Yeah. Let um, me just keep doing this for a while. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so my brother was the, the big wrestling fan, uh, but even my sister would get uh, caught up in the storylines. Like she loved the Triple H, Stephanie, and Tess uh, uh, storyline on Raw, like with the marriage and everything. She was really into that. Uh, the, the rest of my family doesn't really watch anymore, but except like my dad my dad and brother uh they watch it only because of me pretty much and because of the success of the guys from the gym um but otherwise like i'm the only one that like stuck with it okay uh last question before we kind of get into the wrestling stuff then um obviously having watched you a few times now uh you're, you're quite athletic. You've got a, a, what I assume is an athletic background. Did, did you play sports growing up or what, uh, what did you do for, for fun as a kid that led to your uh, athletic ability in the ring? I played baseball from when I was like five to 11 or 12. Um, and then shortly after that, I actually switched to the, the, the real wrestling. Um, I, I wrestled folk style, freestyle and Greco which in freestyle and Greco are like the Olympic styles. Um, and I did that all throughout my middle school and high school. So, and what, and what kind of wrestler were you? Were you good? Did you have a good record or? I mean, I wasn't the best. I wasn't the worst though. Uh, most of my records would, my win and losses would be pretty even at the end of each season, um, which is fine. Yeah, not me. I, I wrestled through junior high and high school. And I could probably count on both hands my wins. I wasn't very good. <laughs> wasn't very good at all. I was one of the bigger guys, but still, just it, it never. Anyway, that, that this is not Matt's pity party. <laughs> yeah. Um, how old are you? I'm 22 years old. You're 22. Okay. Yep. Um, all right. So the family is into wrestling. But it, uh, when, when, when does the idea, when does the itch get in the back of your head? that I'm going to do this because you're taking philosophy. You're taking communications. Are you doing this to make mom and dad happy? And like, but I'm going to be a wrestler or what happens? Let's get to that. I, I mean, so I guess the time that I thought that I could actually do it was at some point when I was in high school and I was still like doing the, the folk style wrestling and everything. Um, because around that time, I think it was around 2014, maybe, or 2015, that I I got really into Ring of Honor, which led me down a rabbit hole of a bunch of independent wrestling shows on YouTube. Okay. Um, and so after watching guys like Cedric Alexander and stuff, um, 
just like on on these random YouTube matches, I was like, oh, I could probably do this. Um, so it kind of planted a seed in me, um, but like I didn't know that I was going to actually fully pursue it. But then once I got to college and I had more freedom, being away from my family, being away from other people and just being on my own, I just, I wanted, and part of philosophy, I, I wanted to make sure that like, I won't be on my deathbed and regret not trying to get into the wrestling business. So, Okay. And how does that conversation, I always equate it to mom, dad, I'm joining the circus. Uh, how does that conversation go saying mom, dad, I'm, I'm getting into wrestling? Well, so I tried to let them uh, have me start training before I even went off to college. And my mom was a big, no, you can get your college degree first and then you can do it. And then when, when I was alone, I just did it anyway because <laughs> she wasn't there to tell me no. Okay. And when she found that fact out, or is she going to find out when she listens to the podcast? <laughs> oh, no. She, she knows. Uh, I had just taken a quick tour of Grapplers Anonymous before I ended up taking the tryout and before I started training. And after I took the tour, I, I sent her a quick text. I like took a picture. And I was like, this is a safe place. It's okay. I'm going to do it. And then she was fine after that. Okay. All right. Ryan, you want to talk? Yeah, I will. Okay. Ren's, oh. uh, Ren's, Ren's good right now. So. Okay. We got, we got to keep an eye on, on Ren. <laughs> yeah. So I missed a little bit there. And I apologize for that. But um, so he, had, he going... had a decent wrestling record. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't do the amateur stuff. I went straight to being trained at uh, Battleground. So okay. um, I skipped that step. Would have been good for fundamentals, I suppose. But um, ah, you made me lose my train of thought, Matt. Um, okay. So wrestling school comes up. You're in college at the time. Um, relatable because I started, I think, my second or, or third year and uh, had the same sort of conversation with my parents about like, uh, can you finish school before you go off and start doing that? <laughs> and uh, eventually re you reach a point where you're just like, I need to do this for my soul because if I don't, one day I might regret it. And um, so, yeah, let's get into the training stuff a bit then. So, um did you kind of know what you were getting into when you, when you attended the tryout or was there any sort of um, like for me, I, I, I kind of, I talked to some people for like a couple of years before I got into it. And uh, you know, I, I met my trainer probably two or three times where I intended to sign up, but I couldn't get the schedule to work out with my university courses. So um, kind of like knew what to expect going in. Right. So did you, uh, did you kind of do some research or did you just go in like head first? Oh, I did a bunch of research. Um, I probably did a whole, year of just like watching youtube training videos and even grapplers anonymous themselves had a video of what the tryout entailed and so i would just like re-watch all of those types of videos i would watch like wwe performance center videos i i, I knew wholeheartedly what i was getting into before i even like took a tour or even decided on a school to go to so now what other schools do you like we're in the running because new york has several don't they yeah um so obviously create a pro uh was on my list uh but that was just too far away from me 
um, and it wasn't going to be able to be possible. Uh, the way I actually picked my college, um, like where I decided to end up pursuing my education, I specifically chose an area that I knew had some uh, like a wrestling scene rather than going in the middle of New York where there is nothing or something like that. Um, and so I went to college in Western New York at a state university at SUNY Geneseo. And uh, that's actually closer to Rochester and there was a Rochester school, but I, through research, I just ended up on Grapplers Anonymous and I thought that would be the best fit for me. Okay, so you walk into Grapplers Anonymous and what, what's the first impression? Because I remember the first time I walked into Battleground Academy and I'm like, holy crap, there's a wrestling ring. There's, there's, there's guys wrestling. There's girls wrestling. They're, like, they're, the, the lingo and just all of it really it literally took me back. So you walk in. What is your first impression when you walk in and you see this for the first time? My first impression was, wow, look at that ring. <laughs> like that, that ring is just beautiful um and it's like become my second home pretty much uh but uh yeah i i walk in the the guy that runs grapplers anonymous his name is mikey every night and he just made me feel so welcome he just grabbed me by the shoulder walked me around and was straight up with me too he told me right from the beginning before i even took the tryout like you know you only get what you put in in this business um, and you know, there's no guarantees, but here we're all about hard work. So if you're willing to put in the hard work, then, you know, this is the place for you. So, so was it a matter of starting a new class or were you integrated into one? Uh, I was just integrated in at the time. There weren't many like new trainees. Um, I, I took the tryout with one other person and then the very next day i went and i was able to run the ropes and while like i was there the very next day the other guy didn't show up until next week so okay and in your in your classes in your early classes any anyone that we might be familiar with that you're uh, you're coming up with um no, not, not really. Uh, I mean, uh, in my early classes, Brandon Thurston really helped me with, uh, with my fundamentals. Um, and, but at the time, even like guys like Daniel, uh, he was on the road a lot for independent wrestling shows. So I, I wouldn't see him that often. Um, but then eventually like Kevin Blackwood would start help out and, uh, start to, polish me up a little bit um and puff would always be there he wouldn't even always wrestle but sometimes he would just be there to hang out um puff does that a lot like there's yeah. a lot of shows i go to and puff's there and like and again we're in ontario okay i'm in southern ontario and so other side of the border and everything and i'll see puff and i'm like oh puff's on the show like no <laughs> well, then what the hell is puff doing here puff just comes to hang out in so many places you really this, know. Is a, this is a good segue to the most important question I actually had for you two tonight. And uh, it was, did The Rock wish Puff a happy birthday? No, he did not. Sorry to hear that. Unfortunately, 
<laughs> I, I can tell that story too. Puff hates that story. Yeah, go because uh, I'm I'm totally clueless. I'm I'm sitting in my corner of Zoom here, going, I have no idea. So what's this all about? Okay. So the other day it was Puff's birthday, and I wished him a happy birthday on Twitter, and I included a photo of him and a cardboard cutout of The Rock. Um, and on that night that we took that picture, we went to an Applebee's after we took uh, promo pictures at the gym. And like, so we just went out to the Applebee's. The service was, it, it took forever, <laughs> which is fine. But like, I had to drive four hours back to my home that night. So I was just antsy to go. Um, and we heard yelling and shouting in the back of the restaurant. And like, we weren't sure what was going on, but you know, we, we finish our meal, we check out, it's fine. On the way out, Puff notices the rock tequila cardboard cutout and asks someone, Hey, can I take this? And then this guy just says, probably like, and it was a guy that worked there. Um, and so Puff just walks out with it and he took it. We took pictures with it. He put it in his car. Um, and then the very next day, our friend Koobs, who is also a wrestler, he's an up and comer. That's, uh, coming up with uh us like in the car to canada and everything um so koobs was with us and he he gets a text the very next day from a person that he doesn't even know on facebook messenger saying like the police department has footage of the guy stealing the rock cardboard cutout and puff does not like getting in trouble with police at all. He wants nothing to do with that. And he was freaking out. He was texting us. He was like, I don't know what to do. Should I go turn myself in? Should, should I go back to the Applebee's? I don't know what to do. Puff was freaking out. Um, and so he ends up going back to the Applebee's and he returns the cardboard cutout. And the manager says that the guy that told him that he could take the cardboard cutout was the one yelling in the kitchen the night before and was fired that same night. So, oh, oh okay. I thought you were going to say he's the guy that got a hold of him and it's just like, watch what I'm going to do. <laughs> Dude, no. they're here looking for the cutout. They have footage of you. You're going to get in trouble. <laughs> watch, he's going to come back. <laughs> it, it was absolutely insane just for. A, a short amount of time, Puff was absolutely freaking out. See, that kind of reminds me. Ryan, did I ever tell you about the poster in the Swiss Chalet here in Welland? I don't think so. Okay. Reader's Digest version. Uh, Swiss Chalet, just down the street from me. Uh, when I moved here, I take my uh, then, then girlfriend, now wife, out to the Swiss Chalet, and they have a poster up on the wall, and it's a legit poster. It's framed and everything, and it's the Sheik versus Dominic Danucci. And I'm like, look, I'm like, oh my God, this is awesome. And I said, hey, can I, can I, I jokingly said, can I have it? And they're like, well, no. And I said, okay, can I buy it off you? And they're like, no. And so we would go there a lot because it's one of my, my wife's favorite restaurants. And because I kept asking for this damn poster. So I, they got to know us and, you know, it was all funny and everything. Well, they do a bunch of renovations. And I said, are you keeping the poster? And they said, yes. So they do the renovations. We go back 
And I'm like looking around. Oh, what did they do with the poster? I said, hey, what did you guys do with that poster? Oh, it ended up getting damaged and we threw it out. And I'm just like, no, like, why did you not wait? And they're like, oh, we thought you were just kidding around. No. like, And I said, like, are you actually like, yeah. Anyway, so that just reminded me taking this cardboard cut out and just I, I could have hurt them. <laughs> anyway. I didn't mean to get us sidetracked with stories of theft and Applebee's, but uh, so so you, you finish up your wrestling school, you start getting on the road, working some local independence. How, and how long have you been doing that for now? Uh, so I made my debut in February 2020 and then like at the end of February 2020. And then a few weeks later, COVID hit. Oh, no. <laughs> Everything goes sideways. <laughs> Yeah, so for the longest time, I was just sitting at home, and I was just like, really? I was just getting started. Um, So I haven't been at it too long, um, but I am happy that since shows in the U.S. have been coming back, and now that we can cross the border and I'm getting booked in Canada, I'm just like ready to wrestle as many places as I can with as many opponents as I can and just get that experience so uh this might sound like a weird question but who because as as we mentioned you wrestled at uh fighting back c4 one of if not like the premier promotions in canada no one just walks in the door and gets a spot so the weird question is who's vouching for myung jay lee to get on a show like that it's it's all Red Death, Daniel Garcia, Kevin Blackwood, and Puff. Those three, like, I can't thank them enough. They're, like, they've extended the handout to me to, like, ride in a car with them to, uh, like, shows that I'm not even booked on. Um, and they vouch for me. And there's been, like, a few other opportunities, like, where I've been booked on other shows, and it's because of them. And I just, like, I can't thank them enough. Uh, to kind of back up a little bit, the debut match. I hate asking generic questions, but the debut match. Who is it? How did it go? Oh, so my debut match was against another young trainee um, named Gordon Ilya, and he no longer wrestles. <laughs> like, like once once the pandemic happened, he just. He I just was going to say the pandemic came along. He's like, screw this. <laughs> That's essentially how it was. Okay. Uh, it was a terrible first match, as I feel like most people's are. Uh, but we had planned a, 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 a face versus face match when we probably shouldn't have. And, and the way we structured it was really weird. And then we go out there and he forgets everything. And I'm so, I was only a few months into training, I didn't even think I was that ready. Um, and I didn't know how to communicate to him, like to tell him what the next spot was. And the ref was also inexperienced that the ref was actually a current wrestler, uh, Hayden Backland, who ended up, he, he trained at Grapplers Anonymous. He went to Cody Rhodes's uh, Nightmare Factory um, and was training there and did like their student showcases and everything. But Hayden Backland was the ref. And he had no idea what he was doing either. So, like, it was just all... The blind was, leading the blind leading the blind. Yeah, it, it was not a good first match. Okay. 
Ryan, you want to get in here? Sure thing. Um, <laughs> so I guess I will say, first of all, I, I don't want to say I was shocked to hear you. You only started uh, wrestling in 2020, but like that's that that is like a pretty limited amount of experience to pop up on uh, on fighting back. So obviously, you know, Puff and Kevin and Daniel uh, see a lot in you. And uh, I think, you know, you, you lived up to that, but you were getting in the ring. I guess we're jumping into fighting back now. Um, you're getting in the ring with uh, a guy who's is kind of new to the scene here in Ottawa as well. And someone who is kind of just catching fire uh, right before the pandemic hit. And then you know, obviously uh, um, kind of fighting back was uh, maybe the first sort of big opportunity for, for junior to showcase, you know, all the improvements in his game since the pandemic. So uh, on your end, was there, was there any familiarity with junior or, or even C4 ahead of time? I had never met junior before I had watched a few C4 shows. Um, and especially over the pandemic during WrestleMania weekend, when Daniel wrestled Kevin Koo for the C4 uh, championship i thought that match was awesome um but uh so my my debut at c4 against junior uh i loved it uh i loved that it was just us two young guys and i was really nervous that i wasn't going to get any reaction from the crowd or anything but i think the crowd reacted very well to our match um and it it was cool to wrestle junior just because both of us are kind of the young guys that I think are going to eventually be next up. Um, and that was just really exciting to me. Yeah. Like it was obviously like, uh, it caught my eye immediately watching the match. So I was like hanging out in the, the balcony upstairs and um, I didn't know you, I knew junior and I was obviously excited to, to see junior given, given, you know, we've hyped him up a lot and I just, I know, uh, a lot of my friends speak highly of him too. Um, but having no familiarity with you whatsoever and then seeing you guys just like tear it down and put on a great match. Um, I'm guessing you haven't come to the back yet in this business and had that feeling, right? Like, Oh my God, like that was amazing. Like we had lightning in a bottle there. Um, the feeling must've been pretty good when you walked through the curtain and, and saw junior and, and you guys probably realized you, you knocked it out of the park, right? It, it was, and and immediately Mike Bailey came up to us and, and gave us feedback, so it, it was awesome. And if you don't mind me asking, what kind of feedback did you get from the match, be it from Bailey or from anyone else? Uh, I mean, both of us, like, whenever you do wrestle, there's always, like, and, and the crowd likes it, uh, like, that's always a great feeling and all, but there's always, like, the inner part of yourself that, makes you feel like you could have done better. And that's exactly how I felt after that match. I I kind of wish like things could have been cleaner on my part or if like positioning or timing, just, just little things. So I was like, when I got to the back, I was kind of in my head a little bit about that, but overall, like seeing the reaction from the uh, Twitter, even uh, like people were tweeting about it and it wasn't even being live streamed at the time. Like that felt really good to me and, and made me feel better about myself than like how I was getting in my head about it. So, and, and I actually, I got a question for both of you. Um, Cause you talked about how you, 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 you watch something or you think back on something, you think of how it could have been cleaner or better. Me going up, you know, and playing baseball and everything, I was always taught, you know, 
just forget about your last at bat. Like if, if it went bad, just forget about it. Okay. Like just you, you keep, you're in the now for both of you. And I'll start with Ryan. Then we can go to, to our guest. Um, do you, is it a matter of forget about what that last match was? Or are you in your head and like, I want to get back in the ring with that guy or girl, whatever. And like, which is it? Like, what, what were you taught, Ryan? What were you taught, Myung Jay? Uh, nobody wants to hear from the uh, retired washed up wrestler here. <laughs> but um, my two cents on that. So like, I would say my, my own's right. Like when you're new to the business, um, you, you tend to be a little bit more like hard on yourself. Like you're really picking on the, the things that you missed as opposed to focusing on the hits. And uh, throughout the course of the match, like sometimes if something does go not quite as planned, when you're newer, you definitely dwell on that quicker. And like, how do I say it over an audio podcast? You have to be careful not to tell it to the audience, right? Like, you know, in your head, something didn't go right, but that doesn't necessarily mean the audience did. So if you can get past that mentally and just move on to the match and just kind of refocus, you're in a much better headspace going through the match. And like, then you'll get to back to the back and kind of dissect what went wrong and why. What about you, Mung Jay? I, I feel the same way. Um, you know, I think the, the school grapplers anonymous also really helps at this too. Uh, I know nowadays lots of people just like to call everything beforehand and like have everything planned out and everything, but at grapplers anonymous, uh, and, and I think I learned this from my debut match. The one that I said was a stinker and everything. Um, because I think we plan too much, uh, for the next couple of months at training, um, I would mostly just be doing on the fly matches to be able to adapt, um, when things do go wrong. And there were a few things in my match at C4, uh, with junior that actually did go wrong, but luckily I was able to communicate with junior and I was like, Hey, this is next. Uh, and it, and that was fine. And I was very happy that I had the experience of like just in training of doing that with other people, with guys that I know that made me feel comfortable to actually like talk to junior that way uh, during our match. So. Um, so going forward, like you have your, you have your, uh, your debut match. When, when do you, uh, when do you feel the click when, what's the match that you kind of just like, ah, that felt good. And you feel like you belong. Um, so over the pandemic, uh, the gym actually put on some taped matches or they were actually alive, but now they're taped and they're only available on Facebook. They're not on like YouTube or Twitch, uh, which is kind of weird that they're only on Facebook, but I actually wrestled like a whole 20 minute match with Daniel against Daniel. Um, and I know that's how that's the match that like Dr. Bob commentary saw and started. I think he even started to vouch for me for other people. Um, and so I think that match was when I felt it in myself that, Oh, okay. I, I can hang like I, I can hang on, on these guys uh, level and then throughout the pandemic, I also ended up uh, wrestling Kevin Blackwood in a singles too. And Kevin, after our match, told me, wow, that I think that was the longest match I've ever had because whenever 
he's on shows, you know, you only get a certain amount of time, but like when it's taped and it's in a gym and it's during the pandemic and it's, you know, we had a bunch of time. So. All right, Ryan, you got something? I guess just to wrap things up um, in terms of fighting back and your match with junior. So, you know, fans perception is you guys crushed it and you're in the back thinking, okay, I could have done better. So I've been, if I'm a fan, I'm hearing this, I'm like right on because this just means like there's, there's more left to see. Um, and, and, you know, I don't, I don't have a crystal ball or anything, but um, I'd have to assume uh, there's, there's, you know, big things in the future for you uh, in C4. Uh, the fans are pretty vocal about wanting to see you back there again. So um, certainly I think, you know, people can be optimistic that, um, they're going to see more of you again in the future there. But, um, you know, what's the saying? You only get to make a first impression once or something along those lines. So, you know, kudos to you for for knocking it out of the park with Junior, even though you're you're saying, you know, <laughs> it wasn't quite to my standards or there's there was room for improvement. Yeah, I mean, there's room for improvement in everything, even if it was very, very good. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to once uh, the next C4 show, November 12th is it yeah yeah um i i'm looking forward to that uh i i am wrestling on that show they have not announced my match yet but i will be there but you will be there okay i will be there all right and do we finally get to say this matt you heard it here first you heard it here <laughs> first well depending on when i get it edited and you know because you remember the last time we tried to do something like that and like, all right, I'm going to put it out today. And then C4 was just like, hey, we're announcing this. Like, ah, crap. Yeah. Young <laughs> um, Jay, I, I want to ask, I'm, I'm, sometimes I get into kind of strange questions. And it kind of doubles back to your heritage. Um, Asian wrestlers, they, 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 I, I don't want to say they get pigeonholed. But there's still kind of a, a, a huge minority in wrestling. And was, was that, did, did your heritage ever come into your head or did your training ever, you know, say like, hey, this is what might people might look at or might expect? Or did, has that ever come into anything along the way? A hundred percent. All right. Thank God. I thought you're going to look at me and go like, not once. And I was going to be like, Fuck, I shouldn't have even... Ah, no. Hey, hey, I went 45 minutes before I said the F word. <laughs> 45 uh, minutes is a new record? That, that's Because I, I tried to hold on to it for just for you, Ryan, just for this week. All right, I'm sorry. Myungjae, uh, go ahead. 100%. So uh, Myungjae Lee is my Korean birth name, and I specifically chose that as my ring name uh, because, first of all, there's not a lot of Koreans in wrestling. And second of all, um, there, there's something to be said about like, there's a bunch of legendary Japanese wrestlers and, and Japanese wrestling is huge and everything, but there's not a lot of, and, and obviously you guys are from Canada and I'm from America, but there's not a lot of like Asian American wrestlers. And I think, because of that, I wanted to fully embrace the Asian part of me, uh, which is why I've got the Korean flag on my trunks. Um, and it's why I, I use my ring name. 
Um, and it's why I try to support other people uh, that are also Asian American, uh, like Kevin Koo um, or Yoya. I saw Yoya was just announced for the next C4 show. Um, and like guys like that, like I just try to support them in any way that I can. And they've tried to support me too. Um, and that's just like, it's very nice. Cause like, there's not a lot of that. Um, and I think, I, I, I hope that guys like us that aren't fully like Asian and are just like Asian American or if there's any Asian Canadians, you know, um, that we can inspire other people like us that like wrestling is for people like us too. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, like, so physically and appearance wise, it, it's very clear, like you're representing your, your, your culture and your heritage um, with, you know, both your, your ring name and, you know, the, uh, the markings on your, on your tights. Um, and what about in ring style? Like, who are you drawing influence from? So I do draw influence from quite a few Japanese wrestlers. Um, I, I do like Okada a lot. I know I'm, pretty much nothing like Okada, but I love his drop kicks. I love the way he focuses on little details. Um, but uh, yeah, there, there's current Japanese wrestlers, uh, the four pillars. Um, uh, and then there's also like, I also watch like world of sport wrestling or even just like random WCW cruiserweight matches. Like, so I, I pull, I try to pull influence from pretty much anything that I enjoy watching. So. All right. So where, and again, this is one of those generic questions. What's the game plan? What's, what's the, what's, what do you see in the headlights? What do you hope to see in the headlights? Wh which, what lane are you getting in and, and where are you driving? So well, Matt, was, look, yeah, look who got signed today. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Who got signed today? If you didn't see the news, it was made official today that Daniel Garcia. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. I did see that, but I. The reason I didn't got to follow was, in his mentor's footsteps. Okay, but no, I, I saw that today, and the reason it didn't click in my head probably was because I thought like, oh, I thought he already was. So I thought like the graphic I saw was like, oh, that must be an old graphic. Like someone must have posted it. Like it's been there for a little while. Okay, now everybody's frozen. What the hell's going on here? There for, for a while. Yeah. Now it's uh, official. So, now it's yeah. official. Yeah. Um, so for me, honestly, anything like that would be cool for me. I do think that's like quite a few years away for me. But um, and currently, I just want to wrestle as much as I can and wrestle the best people as I can because that's the only way that you get better. Um, and just eventually whether like the end goal end goal whether it's being signed to a company or not signed to a company i just want to wrestle for a living so. so what about like the 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 prospect of mexico or the prospect of japan or the prospect of south korea um you know cuz i know that they are trying to really uh you know wrestle up a a wrestling scene like, what about those? Are those are those bucket list goals, or or is it just you know take it as it comes? They are bucket list goals. Oh, okay. Like, 
Yeah, wrestling in other countries as the ones that you mentioned and anywhere in Europe either. Like, I'm just looking forward to wrestle anywhere and everywhere. All right, Ryan, you got anything to close with? Um, to close with, so I'm going to tell a little quick story that I, I've told on the podcast before. And, you know, some people are going to say like, whoa, like that's a, that's a major, you know, comparison, but so you, you may not be aware. So I used to wrestle in C4 kind of in the early years, like 2000, uh, what would have been seven, eight, nine around that time. Um, I distinctly remember this really scrawny kid with long hair making his C4 debut in, I think it was 2010 and he wrestled Matthew St. Jacques in a singles match and nobody knew who he was. And the fans kind of got into the match more and more and more as it went on. And I had a flashback to, to that match because I was watching you in junior and I saw like, you know, as that match evolved and as the spots build up and as things start to, um, you know, lead toward the end of the match, those fans are just kind of getting more and more into it. And they're really starting to like, you definitely got them on your back. So they didn't know you at first, but you know, they're starting to buy in. Right. And I was thinking, man, this reminds me a lot of when Adam Cole debuted in C4. And <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, right? Cause here we are like, 10, 11 years later and, and look at him now. But honestly, like I, I hadn't seen that or I hadn't felt that since that moment. So I want to say kudos to you because I think there, you know, there's, there's something special there and I'm just excited to see what uh, the future has in store for you in C4 and elsewhere. Thank you. That That's a huge compliment. Thank you so much. <laughs>